Dear God, we thank you so much um, for your love for us. And uh, man, we gather here all different kinds of things going on in life, all different distractions and circumstances and issues. But we gather here searching for you and listening for your voice. I pray that we would hear that. We wouldn't hear my voice. We would hear yours and that um, you'd speak to us through your word and give us the encouragement we need, the strength we need for another week. We don't place our hope in ourselves. We place it in you and ask that you just show up in this space in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I want to talk to you about how to face a giant today. That's kind of the, the message, the, the title of the message. And uh, last week we talked about a cheese plate. If you missed that one, you missed a smashing good time last week. How God works out of the ordinary to bring about the extraordinary in your life. And that was the first message in this series called Champions. So this week we're going to look at just the giant. Last week we looked at David. This week we're going to look at the giant. And um, if you have a Bible and you want to follow along, or your phone and you have a Bible app you want to follow along, if you just want to listen, that's cool too. I want to start by just reading you some of uh, what we have going on here in this scripture passage. All right, chapter 17, it says this. It says, now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at this crazy place in Judah, and they pitched camp in this other crazy place between these two other crazy places. I'm too tired, man. I did not have enough coffee today. I butchered all of that. Here's the thing. You should never tell somebody you butchered a crazy name in the Bible. You just act like you're right, and people have no idea, but I'm too tired for that. I need some more coffee. So anyway, Philistines on one side of the valley, Israelites on another side of the valley. It ends up being pretty, or on the other side of the valley on this hill, this valley lays between them. It's important but not important enough that we have to know the exact names. And it says this in verse four, a champion, isn't that interesting that they call Goliath a champion more than once in this, in this passage. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. That's like, a, that's like nine foot six inches. You want to go around and measure cubits? That's like we need him on the eagles, right? Like <clears throat> nine foot six inches. He had a bronze helmet on his head. Isn't this crazy how descriptive this is of this giant? As if he is absorbing so much attention. They're not missing a detail about the giant that's in front of him. They're so focused on this giant that they can describe every piece of his armor. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor or of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. I don't know the last time you benched 5,000 shekels, but it's 125 pounds. So some of you, you know, it's a good goal to set. <laughs> um, on his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod. 
I have no idea what a weaver's rod looks like, but it's probably big. And its iron point weighed 600 shekels. That's a 15-pound point on a spear. That's a good dumbbell size point of a spear. His shield, bearer, his shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine's words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. I'm going to skip some of the part about David because we just preached the, this part of this passage um, last week, but this is a great chapter to just read every week. Maybe, you know, as we're going through this yourself at home, it's a great way to kind of get in there and really understand the whole story. Let's skip back down. It says, whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled for great fear. Forty days, forty days this Philistine came Forward and every morning and evening took his stand. Now it says in verse 25, now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. I don't know which one of those things sounds like a good deal to you, but it's a pretty sweet package that Saul was putting together for whoever was going to be brave enough and courageous enough and have confidence enough to stand in front of this giant and slay him. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? And then he says this, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? Who is this giant? Who's your giant? I got giants. Do you? I mean, I got all kinds of giants. I got giants that I've faced in the last couple of years. I've got giants that I'm going to face in the next couple of years. Sometimes these giants, they feel like giants that I can see and touch. Intrusive challenges that come up against my life that stand between where I am and where I'm going. Sometimes the giants have looked like relationship conflict. Sometimes the giants have looked like health issues. Nothing that scrolling on WebMD can fix. Sometimes, sometimes the giants have to do with financial challenges. Sometimes the giants you can't see. You can't touch. They're in here. They're in here. Sometimes the giants aren't an actual physical obstacle at my workplace or in my life. Sometimes the giants kind of reside in how I think and what I'm feeling. Sometimes maybe a giant is just trying to get out of bed in the morning and start a new day. And sometimes the giant is like, how am I going to survive this financially? 
Sometimes the giants look like I feel so lost and empty, and sometimes the giants look like this job is awful. Not me. I'm not, I love this job. Right? Like, just, you got it, right? Like I'm just talking general. So what's your giant? Now, it's interesting as I look with, look at, at Goliath, how similar his presence is felt in comparison with how I feel about the giants that step in front of me. And we'd be remiss if you did not take any time to actually do some self-inspection and, and try to figure out what the giants are that you're actually facing in life. What challenges seem to put an affront to you, where you're going, and how you're getting there. I think there's a couple of interesting things about Goliath. They, they spend so much time and attention talking about and describing this giant. Isn't it crazy how much attention your giants can steal from you? And I don't know what giants you have, but I know that all giants, they seem bigger than they really are, and they appear more obtrusive than they really are. They're intrusive, and they attack just not, not where you're going, but how you think about where you're going. They attack how you think about yourself. Isn't it interesting how when you're standing in front of a challenge, it'll actually make you feel like you're less than? You're less than ready to meet it. You're less than capable of dealing with it. You're less than good enough to see it through. You're less than. They're intrusive. These giants, here's a couple of characteristics. One, Goliath was big and obscene. He was intrusive. He was intimidating. And he was unexpected. He didn't just attack them physically. He was attacking how they thought how they thought about God and how they thought about themselves. How about they thought about their journey going forward. He was unexpected. You, you show up for battle and you see a nine foot six giant waving a huge stinking spear right in front of you. It messes with your balance. Unexpected. Throws a wrench into the balance of your life and throws everything off center. And it was intimidating. Not just physically, but looking upon this giant, they thought uh, their skills were no match. And if you start to stare at your giant, you'll start to see that whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever obstacles in front of you, it'll mess with your thinking. It'll make you feel like you're not enough, like you can't do it. It'll throw your life off balance. Here, here's another characteristic of giants, since we're kind of running through this. Another characteristic of a giant is that it's trying to own you. In verse 9, he says, if I win, we got you. You're our servants. I'm gonna, we are going to own you. The challenges you face are always trying to steal from you more than you're willing to give. The giants that you will have to come up against in life, whatever those giants look like, they will always suck more life out of you than you're willing to give. They will suck the joy out of your day. They will suck the purpose out of your future. They will suck the hope out of your faith. They will steal from you more than you're willing to give. It's a characteristic of all giants, whether they're internal giants that you just feel or, or in your head and how you think about life, or whether it's an actual physical obstacle you have to walk through, they always try to own you. How many of you have ever been like, 
overwhelmed with thinking about some kind of issue. Maybe it's about your health or maybe it's about a relationship, a fight you had in the morning on your way to church, you throw on the smiley faces. You can't even pay attention because you're obsessing about how is this gonna end? What's this gonna look like? Are we gonna be able to get through it? Is this something that we're gonna be able, is, or is, is this something that we can manage? Is, is this something we're gonna have to be talking about over and over and over again? It always steals more. Always steals more. Your giants will shake you. They saw Goliath and they trembled. They got him. He got them all shook. <laughs> all shook up. When you stare at your giant and you only see it, it will shake you at the core. It'll shake your confidence. It'll shake your courage. It'll have you feeling less than, smaller, defeated. And it'll wear you down. The first 16, 40 days of this nonsense. 40 days of the insults. 40 days of the threat. Every day. They would go to bed at night and forget about it maybe. They would show up in the morning to their battle lines with shouts, war shouts, all ready to go. But by the time they got to the front lines and had to face this giant, they were completely demolished. All the energy they could muster up on themselves, all the strength they could gather, all the pumping each other up for another day of war. All the war cries they can imagine. All the times you spend trying to pump yourself up. All the energy you create dumping yourself into self-help books or thoughts. All the, all the time you spend, in, I got this today, I got this today, I got this today. And then all of a sudden, there's that giant and you couldn't feel more defeated. See, giants in your life, you can't just leave them go. You can't pretend they're not there. They will just keep showing up and wearing you down and wearing you down. And the longer you stare at a giant, 40 days is too long. The longer you stay at a giant, you know what starts to happen? That giant that you're facing, that challenge, that obstacle you're trying to get past, it looks impossible. It feels impossible. And because it looks and feels impossible, you start to believe that it actually might be impossible to see the other side of this thing. Talk about an affront to your faith. When God's children should be believing in God, the giants try to steal our attention and our faith from us. So here this giant stands yelling at them over and over and over again. Maybe you've been looking at your giant for far too long. You've been staring it down. You don't know what to do about it. It doesn't seem to get better. It keeps presenting itself to you over and over and over again. And you feel so defeated. You feel so weak. You're not sure what to do about the giant that you're facing. Can I, can I, I got one thing for you. It's, it's how you start to face a giant that makes all the difference in the world. 
And let me just tell you here, spoiler alert, if you're trying to face a giant by yourself, whether it's an internal giant or an external giant, if you're, if you're trying to face your biggest obstacles and your biggest challenges by yourself, on your own strength, with your own intellect, with your own skill, they are no match for the challenges that you will face. You can't face this on your own. And when we start to face our giants, when I start to face my giants, it's always where I start. So, so what I got for you today is something from this passage about how David started to face his giant. You have to start different, and you start different by seeing it different. See it different. This giant didn't stand in the middle of a, two battle lines in the middle of a valley. It's so easy to, to see it like that. You got an army on one side on the hill, you got an army on the other side, this big crazy dude rolls down into the middle and shouts a bunch of nutty stuff, right? Like it's so easy to just look at that picture and just see that. Two armies, this guy in the middle challenging it. But what you really see if you understand what God was doing in the nation of Israel, where he was bringing them, Goliath didn't stand in the middle. He stood between. Not just between two armies. He stood between where Israel was and where God was taking them. He stood between Egypt and the promised land. The giants that you're facing, they're not just standing in front of you. They're standing between where you are now and where God wants to take you. They're standing between what you're dealing with right now and the promise that God wants you to experience. They're standing between your yesterday and your future. A future that scripture says is not one that God has for you to harm you, but he has a future for you to give you hope and to prosper you. The giants that you're facing, they're standing between where you are and where God wants to take you, between your past and your future, between your present and your purpose. They're standing between where God wants to bring you, and while they stand there, they're stealing from you. You got to see it different. Somebody write that down. You here with me today? I know I'm not super funny. This is so important, though. You got to see it different. Those financial troubles, they're not just financial troubles. How you walk through them will be important. They're standing between you and what God has for you next. That relationship that blew up that you're just obsessing over and hanging on to every day, I get it. It's, it's stolen so much from you, but it's standing in the way of what God has for you next. Your obsession about your health and how you search WebMD every time you get a weird pimple, I'm with you. It's me. My wife has banned WebMD from me. I'm not allowed to see it, and I'm not allowed to talk to doctors by myself. I am so convincing that I will convince a doctor. They're way smarter than me, but I can be so, right? Like, that obsession <laughs> is standing between where you are right now and defeat and the freedom Christ wants to give you. See, it's costing you so much more, these giants. It's costing you so much more than just the circumstances you're dealing with. 
They're stealing so much from you. I don't know about you. I want to step into my purpose. I want to see the future God has for me. I want to experience the hope he has, the joy he has. I want to walk through the victory that he is going to bring me to and through. I want to experience all that God has for me. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to be so focused on the, the obstacle that I miss the journey. David shows up and he just says, who is this? Who is this uncircumcised tool bag standing between me and where God wants to take us? Who in the heck? Did you, were you nervous right there? Like, <laughs> my mom told me heck was okay. She said I shouldn't say the other stuff, but <laughs> email somebody else. Don't email. Like, who is this punk? Who is this? I'm not just going to sit here at the mercy. I want to know what's going on. I want to know who this that guy is. I want to know why he thinks he can spout off like that. I want to know why he feels like he can lie about who I am and more importantly about who my God is. I don't understand why we're all cowering in fear. Maybe I'm not seeing it right. Who is this guy? But in reality, David was seeing it clearer than everybody else who had been beaten down by the lies and insults that had been thrown at them every day. I know it sucked the confidence out of you. I know that the giants you are facing, the challenges you have to walk through, the relationship struggles you're dealing with, the financial burdens that you've been carrying, I know your fears about your future have been sucking the life out of you and it's been stealing your confidence and your courage. And it's so crazy how once that starts to happen, man, even obstacles and people that we would have discarded months ago, we start to believe the garbage they throw at us. And, and for you, maybe if, if, you're, if you're struggling and you're not feeling very courageous, if you're feeling weak and beat down, you don't gotta do anything. Let's start asking a different question. Let me ask it for you. Who is this giant compared to God? Am I going to place my faith in a Goliath or in God? Am I going to give my attention? to this tool bag, to the loudest person in the room, to the lies I've been allowing to circle around in my head and my heart, or God. You see, David shows up and he says, who this? <laughs> he sees it different. We're gonna talk more about how to slay giants, but you gotta know that facing your giant, whatever obstacle it is, whatever fear it is, whatever struggle it is, whatever addiction it is, whatever, whatever it is, you have to start different. And starting different and facing a giant means you have to see it different. David shows up and he saw it different than everybody else. 
He saw it different than everybody else. And that's why Scripture is, God is constantly pulling us out of a view that just takes into account what we can see and feel and touch. And he is constantly reminding us that there's more to the story. 2 Corinthians 4.18, Paul encourages his church this way. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what we see is temporary, but what we don't see is eternal. Somebody needs to write it on your mirror like a crazy person with lipstick. It's temporary. It's temporary. I know it doesn't feel temporary. Giants never feel temporary. They feel like they're setting up shop and they're never going to leave. I know it doesn't look temporary. Try staring over a nine foot six dude, right? Like it doesn't look temporary. It doesn't look like a battle you can win. It doesn't look like a challenge you're going to get through. It doesn't look like things are ever going to get better. It doesn't look like you have a future. It doesn't look like you have a purpose. But there's more to it than what you see. And, and here, this message from Paul is like, so, like, David knows. Like, guess what? This giant, he's got a lifespan. And I'm going to see it shortened. Ah. This giant bleeds like me. This giant isn't this mythical obstacle that we've made it out to be. It's not as big as it presents itself to you, if you could just see it differently. What I see is eternal. I gotta learn to look at my giants. I gotta learn to turn off WebMD and say, even if this pimple kills me. (laughs) I know my story doesn't end with death by pimple. Even if this relationship blows up to smithereens, I know it's not the end of my story. Even if I can't smile for weeks, I know that God will have joy for me one day. You see, you see how you start to see it different? Somebody write down, it's temporary. I don't know what you got going on. Maybe it feels like it's gonna kill you. It might kill you but still write down, it's temporary. I don't know what kind of fears you're wrestling with, what kind of obstacles you're wrestling with, but you gotta write down, it's temporary. What you see is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. God says you gotta see it differently. I'm doing something in all things, in all circumstances for the good of those who love me. I have not abandoned you. I have not walked out on you. No weapon formed against you will prevail, it says in Isaiah. It may hurt, It may sting, but it's not the end of you. David, he saw this giant, and God knew that we would need the reminder over and over again. Life will sap the courage out of you. It'll steal the confidence you have if you do not approach it with this faith 
that sees your obstacles differently. It's no wonder that 365 times God, it says in the scripture, fear not, or an equivalent of fear not, right? Like, it's a 300, one a day. I think that's probably enough, but maybe, maybe not, because I don't like actually read those one a day. Fear not. Fear not. Like God knew we would need to outsource our courage and confidence to him. We gotta see the giants differently and we gotta see ourselves differently. As, as a person of faith, your courage will still run out if it is sourced from you. As a person of faith, your confidence will still be shook if it is sourced in you. Good thing as people of faith in our incredible God and what he has done for us on the cross and through the empty tomb, we don't source our confidence and we don't source our courage from ourselves. Our confidence and our courage is outsourced. It's not found in me. It's not found in my skill. It's not found in my ability. It's not found in my own strength. My confidence is sourced from a God who loves me, for a God who promises me all kinds of things. He promises to be with me. He promises to walk through me. He promises me that we overcome. That victory is ours, that we will step into the victor's circle at one day. And while the journey may be tough and difficult and challenging and has no shortage of giants, I am sick of those giants. I know I'll make it. I know I will overcome. I know that peace and joy wait for me because I'm not sourcing my confidence and my courage in myself. You can stand in front of that giant and see right through it. Not because of you and what you've done, but because nine foot six doesn't hold a candle to an all powerful, all knowing, loving God who sees you where you are, who knows where he's taking you. Your confidence and your courage will grow again if you see God for who he is and you start to look at your obstacles with a spiritual perspective. I love in the beginning of Joshua 1, it's where three of those be strong and courageous verses come together. In Joshua chapter 1, Moses is gone and Joshua's taking over, leading the nation from Egypt and slavery to the promised land. It's a big task with a rambunctious group, rebellious group, unsatisfied group, miserable group of people. Not your favorite leadership position, but here Joshua is. He loses his mentor. He loses his friend. He loses his spiritual influence. And God says, you're up. Like, next. You know, get out of the, get out of the, the on deck circle and get into the batter's box. And, uh, you know, let's do this thing. But Joshua, of course, is scared out of his mind. Who wouldn't be? It's such an intimidating task, a giant in itself. And it says this in verse six, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or left that you may be successful wherever you go. I'll skip down a little bit and just say, 
Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. And here's why. God has called you and placed you right where you are. Callings don't just apply to people who work in churches. He has, he is aware of where you are in life and he has placed you in this moment, in this moment, for this time and this space. He's called you to where you are for a purpose. For a purpose that brings glory to him and benefits you. For purpose that benefits you and benefits those around you. He has called you right here. You don't have to place confidence in yourself and what's got you here and what will get you through it. You can know that your confidence is placed in God because he has you right where he has you for his purpose. And even if it isn't clear for you right now, you can trust him. You are not out of his sight. You are not out of his mind. He knows what he's doing. And he knows what you're up against. And he knows what he will walk you through if you follow him. Be strong and courageous. One, because he's called you. Two, because he's shown you. He's given you this whole thing. He says, like, David would have known this passage of Joshua. He would have known this instruction to Joshua. Would have been in the scrolls he read and studied as he tried to follow his God. Here it is. Like you can be courageous, one, because I've put you here. You can be courageous here because I've shown you everything you need to walk through it right here in this book. You want to prosper? Follow it. This book will give you courage. This book will build your confidence. And third, he says, be strong and courageous because I'm with you. No matter where you go, no matter what life looks like, I'm with you. Time to stop letting the giants run their mouths. Who are they anyway? Time to place our confidence and our courage in God and start to see these giants as big and as scary as they first present, as loud and obnoxious as they are, for what they actually are. They may be big, but they're not bigger than God. They may hurt and present some problems and some challenges for you, but God will see you through. Put on a spiritual perspective this week. Take stock of the giants and the obstacles you have to face. Start to see them for what they are, and more importantly, start to see God for who he is. Place your trust and faith in him and follow him. And the giants, no matter how big and scary, no matter how difficult and challenging, no matter even if it hurts walking through it, they will fall. They can never stand between you and what God has for you when you see them clearly. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the incredible example of David and Goliath. We all got glass, right? Like we all got some big obstacles that we're facing and maybe they're pretty blunt and in front of us. Maybe they're more quiet and hidden deep within us. But I pray that we would give those to you and start to see them for what they are. That we wouldn't allow them to run their mouths and lie to us about who we are and who you are. We wouldn't let them steal 
our joy and our purpose, our peace, our future, our hope. Instead, that we would realign ourselves confidently finding our strength in you and who you are and what you're going to do. This stuff we see is temporary. It's scary, but it's temporary. It hurts, but it's temporary. And you have us something for us that is so beautiful and eternal. So help us see it clearly, God, and help us to place our confidence and trust in you. We thank you for Jesus, an empty tomb that lives larger than any giant we will ever face, and a hope that nothing can steal from us. So in Jesus' name we pray, amen.